Like many consumer goods companies and retailers, Kimberly Clark wants to put consumers at the center of everything they do. But they also want to take things a step further by doing this in a way that advances their sustainability goals. Doing this successfully for a multinational company means working cross-functionally in some very unique ways. So in this episode of Tech Transformation, I'm talking with Jeanette Chantalot, Kimberly Clark's Global Head Innovation and Sustainability Accelerator, about how they're using their vast reach to understand consumers at very local levels, and then marrying it with technology to meet consumer needs in new and more sustainable ways. We're talking about the new ways they're measuring success with their retail partners, what these KPIs look like, and what they've learned about when and why consumers will pay more for greener products. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RAS News. I'm Lisa Johnson, the Editor-in-Chief of CGT. So today we're talking about two of the most important topics in retail and consumer goods and how they can be married together, and that's consumer insights and sustainability. So with me today is Jeanette Chantalot, Kimberly Clark's Global Head Innovation and Sustainability Accelerator, and she's going to share details on how they're using technology to tap into the goldmine of consumer insights within their product development, and then taking it a step further to advance their sustainability goals. So Jeanette, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Great to be here with you. It's awesome having you here. Uh, get us started. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Kimberly-Clark. Sure. Well, um, in, in my role in Kimberly-Clark, as you mentioned, um, our team leads innovation and sustainability in a way that drives um, how we accelerate our growth through innovation and sustainability. And we do that by being very consumer-centric, uh, but also making sure that we do it in a very commercially viable way that meets our consumers' needs as well as our customers' needs. Um, and our team works across categories as well as across regions. So it's a great view of how we drive not only near-term impact, but also uh, drive our long-term strategy. Your unique view in working cross-functionally is something we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, so on tech transformation, we talk about jobs, we talk about roles, we like to talk about first jobs. Uh, we've heard some pretty exciting ones, or I don't know if they're exciting, but definitely some very familiar ones in the past. We've heard uh, babysitting and, and working at fast food. Uh, so what for you, what was your first job? I've definitely done my fair share of babysitting and, and things like that. Um, but my first job was actually um, at a Dairy Queen. Um, it was actually uh, my family's business. Um, it wasn't anything fancy. I had, had humble beginnings for sure. Um, but I was, you know, a little kid and uh, my parents said, go make yourself useful. I thought, okay, I'm going to go make myself useful. Um, and I saw a couple had finished eating at one of the tables and I went up, I was you know, about six, seven years old and you know, family business. And I went and, um, you know, cleaned up their table and, you know, walked away and they gave me a quarter. And I thought, wow, if I do something useful and something that someone thinks is valuable, um, they'll pay me for that. Um, and so I learned pretty early on and through many experiences, um, and different jobs growing up that, you know, if you do something useful and you add value, um, people will actually be willing to pay. That's, I can see how that would carry, that lesson would carry over into what you're doing now. Definitely value of great customer experiences. So one of the things we're going to be talking about today, and that, that's really exciting um, for our audience, is how you're using consumer insights in your product development. So certainly not the only company to do that, but you're also doing it in a way to advance your sustainability goals. So I'd love to learn, what does that look like for Kimberly Clark? 
Yeah, for, for us at Kimberly-Clark, it's so important to put consumers at the center, no matter where we are, which category we're, we're competing in or, or serving our consumers in. Um, and now with the lens of sustainability, it's even more critical because we know that consumers around the world see sustainability at very different stages. So, for example, in the EU, where regulation is quite strong on sustainability, um, it's actually quite uh, quite advanced and consumers actually come to expect certain things when it comes to their products products and services and their experiences. In other parts of the world, it's less developed uh, when it comes to sustainability. So the way consumers experience things, expect things um, is very different. But at the end of the day, it is making sure we meet our consumers' needs. And one of the things that we that we we hold very, very important at Kimberly Clark is that sustainability and when you bring innovation together is very much a team sport. It requires integrated thinking across our sustainability team, our product teams, marketing, finance, R&E, supply chain. It's highly, highly interdisciplinary. Um, And that's one of those things where um, I know we find a lot of value when we come together and find those common solutions and really go after that sweet spot. Um, So being a multinational company, the great thing is that we have the advantage of learning from our consumers at the local market level. And we have that agility to learn from the, the greatness in the local markets and to be able to bring that up across the globe and start to see synergies and key themes that really allow us to say, if we go after these specific spaces, we'll actually be able to benefit um, our consumers, um, help achieve our sustainability growth goals and achieve our growth objectives. So um, that's one of the benefits um, we have when we think about um, the vast reach we have across our consumers and doing that um, constant learning through digital consumer platforms or digital platforms that allow us to hear from consumers, um, talk with them real time, um, even share prototypes real time and get feedback so that we can we can progress and, and iterate very quickly. Um, that's one of the big things that we focus on to make sure we're always grounded with the consumer, um, but also looking ahead to the future. So you mentioned key themes. What are some of the key themes you can talk about that you're learning from consumers about how their behavior and their attitude towards sustainably made products is shifting? I don't need to tell you that there's, of course, always ongoing debate on whether or not consumers will pay more for sustainably made products. We know this can be impacted by anything from their socioeconomic status to the state of the economy. So from your perspective, what are you seeing that's different and how are you responding to them? And it's a really interesting point when you think about consumers around the world. And and because we see that sustainability is becoming more and more mainstream, I mean, when you go to the grocery store, you see you know, organic produce, you see packaging that's different than what you maybe, maybe would have seen five, 10 years ago. Um, you see that the, even the shift toward um, electric vehicles, as an example, it's surrounding consumers in such a big way um, that we know that consumers are expecting different things. And they're expecting brands and, and companies to actually bring new solutions. And they're, they're interested in new solutions. And when it delivers on the benefits that we know that they hold dear, um, it delivers on things like convenience and makes it easy for them, um, then we know that there, there absolutely are opportunities where they are willing to pay because we are delivering more benefit. Um, I know that one of the big areas, um, one of the big examples we have within uh, one of our businesses, our Kimberly Clark professional business, is um, a circularity program called Right Cycle. And what's really interesting about Right Cycle and what's 
made it truly a success is that it is actually a business model innovation. As much as it is driving sustainability, um, it is actually a business model innovation where it allows customers to actually recycle um, personal protective equipment, um, so such as masks, gloves, um, as, as well as goggles. Um, and now that they've extended that to hand towels, as well as um, even flexible film in certain markets. And it makes it easy and seamless for customers to recycle. So it's not one additional step. In fact, it's all part of part of one experience. Um, and that's been a huge success and continues to expand. So finding those sweet spots of consumers' behavior, um, understanding what they value, um, and wrapping that up in one experience is really, really important. And you mentioned before... Um doing digital prototyping with consumers to get their feedback. Can you talk more about the technologies that you're using as part of this? Sure. I mean, when we think about prototyping, there's so many different ways to prototype with consumers. First, it all starts with making sure that we really listen and we understand their consumer experience, um, understanding their behavior with everyday tasks and how they use products today and what really are the problems that they're trying to solve and the jobs to be done. And even understanding their, um, what we would call compensatory behaviors, what they might do because there isn't a great solution out there. And when we really understand that, um, we can actually start to prototype through visual prototyping, making sure we have some you know, great renderings, 3D renderings, um, really trying to help visualize that. So they could be rough mock-ups, um, digital mock-ups, things that we can actually uh, create, um, you know, mock websites even, just to make it real enough so that consumers can really feel like it's tangible. And only then, especially when you're looking at innovation where it's not quite real yet, they need help sort of visualizing, visualizing those ideas. We put those in front of consumers and we get the responses. And some they really love and some, you know, they don't. And that's both what they love and what they don't love is actually incredible feedback for us because it allows us to iterate quickly. And so being able to do that more quickly um, through digital platforms, not only through the visualization, but also getting in front of uh, consumers very quickly and be able to have almost real-time feedback compared to, you know, more traditional ways of, of getting consumer learnings um, has really changed the way we think about, um, you know, creating that that innovation pipeline. Do you have any examples you can share of, of how you've done this? We've done this a lot in, in a number of our categories. And, and I would say, um, even when we think about some of our sustainable sustainability examples um, in reusables, um, we had recently launched in, in Australia um, our reusable swim offering in our Huggies Little Swimmers business. Um, and a lot of it had to do with making sure we get the prototypes in front of consumers and understanding because so much of many of our categories, there's, there's a strong functionality to it, but there's also a strong consumer experience, visual appeal. And when you think about babies and little swimmers, just a, an amazing brand, um, the, the cuteness factor has a huge impact to it. So it can't just be functional. It has to satisfy all sorts of needs that the consumers have. And so even getting that in front of consumers, understanding, of course, it has to meet the, the functionality. It has to hit, meet the fit and the comfort. Um, that's something that we cannot compromise on. But how can we delight consumers through design um, and all the while delivering something in a much more sustainable solution? Um, so that's an example that, that we've done. And it's um, been, been scaling around the world. 
Uh, you mentioned working cross-functionally, taking an integrated approach. This is really difficult. I mean, probably more more difficult now than ever with our new ways of working. So what can you tell us about some of the ways that you work to get your various stakeholders on board with, especially with sustainability, um, can be sometimes a more difficult concept to get buy-in across all levels. So what are some of the ways that you're working for, towards this? Absolutely. Having having multiple stakeholders and a very inter, interdisciplinary uh, view is is critical. Innovation, sustainability, and a lot of it starts with even just understanding what builds a culture of innovation. Because we firmly believe that to solve some of the biggest challenges in sustainability, it is through innovation. It is through product innovation, materials, consumer behavior, business models, and so um, that culture of innovation is incredibly important. Um, and it takes effort. It sounds sounds easy to. I was going to say, how do you how do you make it not just like a bunch of plus? Attitudes. Yeah, it, it sounds easy. And I would say there's really two things. It boils down to two things. It's mindset and measures. And when we talk about mindset, it's really about ensuring that we, we learn quickly. It's all about the race to learn. And when you're racing to learn, you're going to have great successes and you're also going to have failures along the way. So one thing we talk about is failure is not the opposite of success, but actually a part of success. And this mindset of progress over perfection is incredibly important. And we, we see that, you know, early on when you think about an innovation funnel where you have many, many ideas coming in and you know that not any, not all of them can make it all the way to launch. Um, only the best ideas can survive to actually make it to launch. Um, but on that journey, we're learning every single step of the way and feeding that back into the innovation teams and understanding why did we succeed and why did we fail? That's incredibly important. And um, making sure that we're constantly learning because our consumers are always changing. Our market landscapes are always changing because we know that when we do something great today, we're just setting the bar higher for tomorrow. So the innovation mindset has to be one of constant learning um, and, and progress over perfection. And so we try to make sure that we instill that at every stage from early early front end all the way to launch and even post-launch to make sure we're, we're getting as much learning as possible from our consumers, from our retailers, and feeding that back in. So that covers sort of that mindset piece. And the, the second element is really the measures. Um, and we learned this very on in our innovation um, transformation, which is how do we focus on the measures that matter? In other words, how do we get to the right KPIs? We, we realized as we dug into this that uh, for a number of years, we were actually measuring the number of projects, the number of launches that were actually going into market. And that's certainly a way to do it. Uh, but we realized that we should be measuring the growth impact of each of those projects. And only when we get to a certain amount of growth impact can we progress projects to the next stage. And so getting that right view on the net incremental growth that we're delivering through our pipeline has completely transitioned uh, the way we think about the value of our pipeline. And it feeds, if you have the right KPI, it feeds that mindset. And so it creates this virtuous cycle of when we're looking for growth, we can learn from that and then feed that back into the cycle. And we've learned that uh, with that right KPI, you can start having those deeper conversations early on in the funnel. Um, we, you know, it's, it's can you natural. tell us what 
the KP- can you share any details about like the specific KPIs that you're sure, using? Sure. Yeah. It's it's called it's something we call net incrementality, which basically is looking at the net incremental growth that the that each project delivers. So it's not just enough to say that you know we've gotten great consumer results because that's absolutely mandatory. It's not enough to say that we've got great differentiating technology, which is absolutely a, a, a criteria. We need both of those, but we must also have that growth aspect. So that net incremental growth is absolutely critical. And we and we actually bring that into the earliest stages of our innovation funnel. Um, and we found that you know we're all we're all human. Uh, we sometimes you know we'll find that certain teams might hesitate to put in a number because they might feel that oh well, if I put in the number, what if it's wrong by the time what by the time it launches? But that's part of the culture of innovation. It's part of we need to understand what we project the value to be early on. We know it's going to be plus or minus a certain percentage, and that's fine. But as we progress and as we learn, we'll begin to tighten that projection. Um, and we'll be able to really understand and prioritize across the funnel to say which projects are going to deliver the most incre- net incremental growth versus others. And that process is starting to really transform the way we think about our pipeline value how are we truly delivering something meaningfully new to our customers and our consumers? Um, and and we've, we've seen tremendous impact from, from that. And again, fee, taking that KPI and it, that it feeds the, the mindset um, into a, a really healthy cycle. So that that's really interesting. And, and measuring and reporting your sustainability progress is, is critical, right, for transparency and accountability. So are these are these the metrics that you're sharing with your, your retail partners? Are you using them to collaborate across the value chain. So on sustainability, absolutely. We, we fully recognize that sustainability is something that goes across the full value chain from source to shelf and even to post, post-consumer waste as well. So with sustainability, that transparency is, is a must-have. And what we just talked about in terms of the, the growth impact of our innovation, that is a huge factor going into our conversations with our customers because we're able to say, we have vetted this through the growth impact. And when you're impacting growth in market, we need to be gro- We should be impacting category growth as well. So it's a complete mindset shift in terms of the role of innovation. And then, of course, on, on sustainability, um, that, that transparency is absolutely critical because we know, for example, that what we do with our products and how we deliver our products impacts the way our customers achieve their sustainability goals. So at the end of the day, our goals are, are very, very common. And in fact, they we view them often as shared objectives because if we are doing the right thing, the customers are also doing the right thing and we're doing the right thing by our consumers. Jeanette, that's been awesome having you on Tech Transformation. I do have one final question um, I'd like to leave us with. So what is one term that you're tired of hearing, which is one term you'd like to get rid of when it comes to sustainability, which is something that you wish would just die. That's a really good one. I would say there isn't really a space that we're looking to talk less about or say less about with sustainability. In fact, it's such a new and evolving space. I think we can't stop talking about it. If anything, we need to be amplifying the message. Um, And it might feel old to to us who are in this space and are talking about sustainability a lot. Um, But it's not it's not old for the people that, you know, might need to hear it um, who are further, further removed from from our space. And so I think it's part of our job to make sure that we reach all 
individuals, all consumers, all retailers, um, when we think about sustainability, because we all need to be part of the journey and, and we all need to be part of the solution. So um, I don't know that there's one word um, that, that I'm tired of hearing about. If anything, um, we can't stop talking about it. Um, and it's not a space that we're looking to, you know, to kill ideas too soon because it's it's a changing space and we want to make sure that we we give ideas a chance, um, especially especially when there's so much systems change that's required in sustainability. Um, so I would say, yeah, no, nothing nothing to stop talking fair about. Enough. No, that's <laughs> fair enough. Definitely a great take on this question. Um, okay. Well, Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on and and. and telling us about how Kimberly Clark is attacking this incredibly important topic. My pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit RISnews.com and consumergoods.com to sign up for our newsletters.